What would you do if you could be normal? I would find a cure for us. After years, it's finally possible. You did it. You found a cure. Carolina, it's a curse. What happened to you? Something inside of me wants to hunt. You can't stay here. It's not safe. Michael, this is your chance to set things right. Are you here to heal the world or to destroy it? I don't know. Morbius, a new Marvel legend arrives only in theaters. Episode 419. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. We don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it, toss it, good it, taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's fix it, hate it, race it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Push over pop culture. Leftovers. Uncool kids. What's to say has already been said. Leftovers. The only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. You're listening to the only podcast with the balls to bite a radioactive spider. It's Pop Culture Leftovers. Five, five four, four, three, three two, two, one. Hey, welcome to Pop Culture Leftovers, the only podcast that sounds even better the second day after it's been uploaded. I'm Brian. I'm Jake. And, and we're, we're the leftovers. leftovers, and we are here to talk about... The new Sony movie, and uh, the third entry, Jake, into the SSU, what uh, Sony's calling the Sony's Spider-Man universe. We're here to talk about the long-delayed and finally here, Morbius. Jake, I'm a Horbius for Morbius. Yes, yes, me as well, me as well. How many times was this movie delayed? Was it like four times? It feels like at least three, possibly four, yeah. I mean, the first trailer dropped in 2019, and here we are in 2022, and we're finally getting the movie. Yeah, wild. I mean, I feel like it had. Quite, uh, how many posters did it have until they finally put at the bottom of the poster "coming soon"? They just gave up on the date. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, oh, yeah. the, the mo- movie posters that you see when you go to the movie theater are still so weird because of the the pandemic. Like some of the stuff they still have up, it's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Before we jump into Morbius, uh, we do have a uh, contest this week. And it is for the new movie, The Contractor. I've got five digital codes that we're going to be giving out to, to winners next week. The Contractor, starring Chris Pine, is now in theaters and available on digital and on demand. When a discharged elite special forces sergeant is desperate to provide for his family, he contracts with a private military force and unravels a deep conspiracy, sending him on the run for his life. Buy or rent the contractor and watch it today. It's rated R from Paramount Pictures. We've got five digital copies. Going to be giving them out next week. All you have to do to enter this contest is I'm going to be putting out a Facebook post and a tweet on Twitter. Retweet or share the post and then send me the screenshot proving that you did. Send it to me, contest at popcultureleftovers.com and uh, title it The Contractor. And I'll be giving out uh, the five digital codes on next week's episode. So join join in on the fun and win a copy of the contractor. <laughs> I love that it's rated R. I imagine like someone like getting a paper cut on the contract and then it like bleeding like Kill Bill style all over the place. 
I don't think it's that kind of contract. I don't. I, I could be wrong, Jay. That sounds way more interesting than whatever just happened. Uh, Neil, we're trying to get people to watch this movie. And we actually have Paramount giving us digital codes for it. Let's not knock the movie. Um, let's see I lo- here. I love you, Paramount. You do no wrong. Uh, thank you. No, <laughs> seriously. for their apps, which sucks ass. Again, but- Neil, thank you. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Save it for when we're not recording. Save that shit. Or at least do it and for giving us jackass on streaming services so quickly. You're you're a god among men. I don't want to lose sponsors, Neil. Thank you. I'm just a guest. Nothing I say matters. Uh, Paramount, we tell Neil how wrong he is about your service every fucking day. (sighs) All right, guys. Let's. uh, We're going to be. God damn it, Neil! Anyway. (laughs) We're going to be diving into spoilers for the new movie, Morbius. I'm definitely not giving her this episode, Jake. It'll be the other one that I'm giving her. Remind me that that she needs to listen to the, uh, (laughs) to the, to the Moon Knight episode for the plug. I I just put it in my notes. (laughs) Thank you. I, I, I really need to take our guests aside and say, just just save your comments. Yeah, Jesus fuck. He's like a universal plant or some shit like that, I think. I don't know what he's talking about. Oh, man. Uh, we're we're going to be diving into the spoilers for Morbius. This is your official spoiler warning. This is a pop culture leftover spoiler warning. Today's forecast calls for spoilers straight in your dick hole. Morbius biochemist Michael Morbius tries to cure himself of a rare blood disease, but when his experiment goes wrong, he inadvertently infects himself with a form of vampirism instead. It's directed by Daniel Espinosa and written by Matt Sazama and Burke Sharpless. Stars Jared Leto as Dr. Michael Morbius, alongside Matt Smith, Adria Arjona, Jared Harris, Al Madrigal, and Tyrese Gibson. Morbius has a runtime of 104 minutes and an estimated budget of 75 million. We're going to be rating Morbius. If this is your first time listening, we'd like you to be familiar with our rating system. The rating system is simple. If the leftovers don't like something, they toss it. If they do like something, they suggest you taste it. And if it's brilliant, it gets a Tupperware rating. If all the leftovers love it, then it gets the pinnacle of success, a Tupperware party. I did say we we're going to be jumping into spoilers. One thing that I would like us to hold on to and kind of hold off on talking about uh, in major detail would be the mid and, uh, the mid and post credit scene. Uh, but other than that, uh, it's free for all. Uh, go ahead and talk to me about Morbius Tristan. Oh, Morbius. Okay. So, um, I'm going to start with the positive. I like the design of the character. I definitely liked, um, some of the special effects CGI when he was manifesting his powers and that's it. I would say that um, for the most part, I can see why Sony didn't want this to come out so close to Spider-Man No Way Home because, I mean, they they were just riding so much goodwill <laughs> and probably wanted to carry that on as long as they could. But 
man, like this movie, it's it's not terrible. It's not it's not the worst comic book property I've seen, but it's a film that's very disappointing to me because it's coming in an era where people should have figured out the formula on how to tell these stories. And, and there's also just so much time that has passed as well. You know, there's been so many delays and, and ways that this could have been made into a better movie. So um, I can't highly recommend a movie where I'm checking my watch throughout the entire thing. Um, and I was really trying to figure out whether or not I wanted to give this movie a low tasted or a toss it. Um, I was bored out of my mind. And when I saw what I'm not going to go into detail, but when I saw what was, in my opinion, two of the worst post credit scenes I've ever seen, it, it's a fucking toss it for me. All right. We got a toss it, uh, from Tristan. Uh, Joe, curious thoughts on Morbius. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, right off the bat, Morbius isn't a good movie, but it's not nearly as bad as the internet's making it out to be. Um, I mean, if nothing else, we've gotten some really fantastic memes out of this already. <laughs> but, uh, you know, mind you, this is no MCU film at all, but it kind of almost works as like an action horror popcorn kind of movie. You know, not with, I mean, the plot in this is like insanely predictable. But I felt like there was enough action with it that that I I didn't find myself getting as you know all that bored with it. Um, I went into this without much knowledge of the character. I was first introduced by Morbius uh, through Marvel trading cards I collected in uh, like the early '90s when I was a kid, and but I hadn't read any of his books prior to seeing the movie. Um, after seeing the movie, I I did uh, get on Comicsology and I I down. Um, what book did I get? It was uh, Morbius the Living Vampire, uh, The Man Called Morbius by Joseph Keating and um, Valentin Delandro and Richard Elson. Uh, and that was the – it starts with a, a one-off from Spider-Man 699.1, and it has a really similar origin scene to what we see on the boat here. Um, so I, I thought that that was pretty like pleasantly surprising. I thought that – um, the way that they did the character design of the vampires in this, especially on Morbius, like it, it did look a lot like he looks in the comics. And, you know, as, as far as the effects in this go, I feel like the vampire transformation effects were really, really great. Um, but like the flight effects were just really too busy for my taste. And like all the little shots that they picked to do their slow mo, most of them were, were pretty bland where I was like, why would you choose that? <laughs> like, it, like it wasn't even like a cool looking shot. Um, I, the score I thought was very evocative of the score in Nolan's dark Knight trilogy where there were times where I'm like, is this the exact same score? Um, but maybe it was just confusing me with how close it was, especially with all the bats flying around all the time. Um, and the performance in this, I thought Jared Leto, was serviceable. I, I liked Matt Smith a little bit more, especially loved seeing him chew the scenery post transformation. Um, everybody else was pretty forgivable, uh, pretty forgettable. The, the serious cop, funny cop duo, Tyrese Gibson and comedian Al Madrigal was you know, pretty forgettable. The, the fridged love interest played by Adria Arjona was, it, it just felt like it was stale fare at this point but the biggest tragedy in the performance of this is the criminal underutilization of jared harris i mean how the fuck do you cast somebody like jared harris and then just have him do these nothing scenes like i don't understand why you get an actor of that caliber and then just not Did he even have a full name? 
yeah. Oh, fuck. What? What uh, was it? Yeah, I was going to say. I think it was a meal. Was it a meal? It was a meal, meal Nicholas. Nicholas. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah. So <laughs> Tristan, like you, I was like, I went into this thing just expecting, like, okay, this is going to be an absolute toss it you know like going into the theater like the i think the rotten tomatoes score was already like below 20 and so i had no hope for this at all i tried talking every single person in my family into going with me I almost bribed my 14 year old like i will pay you to not make me go do this alone and there were only like four other people in the auditorium with me so i mean it was not that busy um but it, at the end i i felt like after I thought about it, I was like, you know, it does kind of work as a horror movie. This isn't a superhero movie at all. In fact, I think Sony is riding the coattails of, of goodwill, you know, trading on this Marvel name when this is like, you know, people hear Marvel and movies. They they think stuff like the MCU. They don't think whatever this thing was. <laughs> but it almost works as like, you know, this popcorn horror movie. So so I give it a low taste it and and I know we'll get into the mid credit scenes later, but as far as mid credit scenes go, these were probably the worst, not only the worst mid credit scenes I've seen, but also the worst parts of this movie where it was like, wow, you just managed to take this to a whole new level of fucking ridiculous. <laughs> but yeah, that's Morbius. Uh, yeah, I'll go next. Um, Jake, recently me and you went and saw in the theater, we went and saw um, uh, The Room with a bunch of people. And this is the room of comic book movies. Like this, <laughs> I put the same thing in my notes. <laughs> this is, uh, I'm sorry. This, there, there's no low taste it when it comes to Morbius. This is an absolute toss it. This is not good. Um, I mean, I, I will talk about what I did like. I did like, there's the one scene where, you know, we know he's a doctor and, and there's a scene where he, um, the reason he's there is dumb and we'll talk about that, but he's like breaking the bones of that guy and talking about which bones he's breaking and he's, as he's doing it. I was like, that's cool. That's, we need more shit like this. You're like, you're incorporating the doctor part of him and he's fucking doing this horrific thing of breaking this guy's bones in his hand, talking about the metacarpals and all this stuff. And I was like, man, that's really fucking cool. Why couldn't we got more scenes like that? Because I don't, I don't think they knew what they were doing in this movie. Like it, it, it's, I think they were really going for like the horror aspect and, and then they, they pulled their punches on that. Like it didn't get as horror as uh, the horror element didn't really like stick out to me throughout the entire film. Um, they they missed the mark on what could have been a great movie about these two friends that are torn. Um, I felt like they never really, what they gave us like is, it felt like they barely knew each other while they, while they were in that hospital. Uh, and they had like this lifelong friendship and then it's, they have differences on like how they should, this newfound power that he's got, they have differences on it. And one, one wants it and wants to be like him and wants to, and it, I never felt like, I never felt like any of it was earned. Like the way that, um, his friend Milo kind of just like hated humanity because we got one scene of like some kids beating him up out in the street. It makes me feel like he just, I don't know, that, that, that just, and then this forced kind of like interview with the vampire Louis and Lestat friendship that they had was yeah. just kind of really bad. 
Um, there's the, one of the most criminal things that happens in this is when he's being interrogated by, uh, the FBI agent Stroud and Rodriguez and he's starting to feel the need to feed. And he says, I'm getting hungry. You wouldn't like me when I'm hungry. And I'm just like, Oh my God, you're quoting Bill Bixby (laughs) in the incredible Hulk. And then there's another scene where fucking Rodriguez shows up to Martine Bancroft's house and she's gone and he's shaking the litter box trying to get the cat to come to him. Like I would have shook a bag of fucking like treats or something. I don't, I've never, is that something that people do is they shake a litter box to get a cat to come to them? That that cat must really love shitting or something. I I, I was not, unless the cat ate shit. I don't understand. It's not a thing. That's why I'm asking. Like, it's not a thing. Like, if he would have picked up a bag of te- nobody shakes a litter box in order to get a cat to go. He's there. literally saying, <laughs> as he's shaking it, humans here, don't do that. He's saying, "Here, kitty, kitty, kitty." Like, no, you pick up a bag of treats and shake the bag of treats, like Temptations or something. You don't shake a fucking thing of shit to get a <laughs> cat. <laughs> it was the dumb, weirdest fucking decision. Um, uh, some just I I I I I cannot. I did. N- I was really hoping that they would be able to pull off what they did in Venom, and I know not everybody's a fan of it, but man, Tom Hardy was fantastic. I loved it. I thought it was. A, I thought that movie was a blast, and it had great moments of humor. Um, they they really uh, fucked this movie up. Um, it, it it is it's I I it was like it was written by like a five year old or something. It, it, <laughs> I, there's a there's a point where he he's in a he's in a fucking like uh, diner and he's listening in on these kids that are uh, counterfeiting money and he follows them and then he's like. This is where the guy shows up to beat beat up the thugs, and it's all so he can have his like science lair. It's like that you put that scene in there so like our hero could be to could get his science lair. That's where his. <laughs> it was the it was the most out of place and weird thing ever. Like I didn't understand what was happening from one scene to the next half of the time. It's just like. I just kept thinking things are happening, things are happening, things are happening. And it is just, and that by the end of the movie, I'm just thinking to myself, is he going to still try to cure this disease? Like what, 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 what happened to the little girl, Anna is, is Anna dead? Is she still in a coma? Um, again, going back to the room, Jake, where we don't know what happened with the mom's breast cancer. We don't know what happened to Anna in this movie. Is he going to cure any of these people or is he just done with that now? It's just the weirdest movie. This is an absolute toss it. Jake, what did you think about Morbius? Yeah, I, I'm going to have to disagree with what Joe and Tristan are kind of putting out there where they said it was actually a little bit better than what they expected from the reaction i had quite the opposite reaction to this movie i actually thought it was worse than anything i ever could have imagined um i don't think the, the internet is bagging on this movie quite enough um it's a, 
it's a it's a complete toss it for me and the story is just absolutely terrible i've never seen such bizarre tonal shifts and pacing in a comic book movie in a in a long time um none like of the characters catwoman or electra yeah but those movies are like 15 plus years old at this point exactly. like i thought i thought we were past this kind of thing um, i've never this seen is a 20 year old fucking movie yeah, I've never seen a less enjoyable cast of characters either. I literally <laughs> hated everybody. Um, this movie fails the Bechtel test in like every way possible. It's the it's the worst female representation in a comic book movie maybe ever. Um, she has like maybe a dozen lines, and then you feel no emotion when what happens to her happens. Other, uh, in fact, there's multiple characters that end up meeting their demise, and you couldn't feel less emotion or connection <laughs> when any of them happen. Um, this movie is never funny, even when it rarely tries to be. Um, I have the hungry line written in my notes under this part as well, um, and when it's you know not trying to be funny it's just so dour um i felt like more than 75 percent of this movie took place in a fucking lab and that was extremely boring um much like tristan i i couldn't believe this movie was only i think an hour and 45 minutes it felt like some i mean matt smith was in it it felt like some straight up doctor who time bending shit like it felt like i spent three <laughs> hours of my life watching this movie um <laughs> I agree that Matt Smith was the best part of the movie, but at that point it was like putting a Snickers in a pile of shit. Like it, you can't eat that <laughs> Snickers anymore. It's, it's completely ruined. Um, and none of it just made any sense. It, it was very rude. Like, like the, I kept thinking about how at one point Morbius was willing to kill himself to like prevent like anything bad from happening. And then by the end of the movie, like he, Apparently, he makes the decision that he doesn't have to kill himself anymore, but there's really never any, like, visualization of that struggle or anything. Like, there's just no, like, heart behind it at all. Um, I thought the visuals, even though they were okay, were absolutely stupid and made no sense. Like, the, if you think about the science behind the visuals, I found that to be really dumb. Like, they're expressing his sonar vision with all this wispy smoke shit as he's jumping around. And it's like... The whole point of the bat sonar is to sense your surroundings and know everything around you. So why am I seeing his orange jump shoot emit all this fucking smoke when he's jumping all over the place? Like it, it felt like a complete stylistic choice instead of like a science choice. So it really just made no fucking sense. And I didn't really care for the, the visuals in any of the action scenes because of it. It kind of ruined all the action for me. So the action was very sparse. And when it was happening, they made this stupid fucking choice with these visuals that just absolutely broke my brain trying to like think about them. And yeah, um, God, the worst post credit scenes I've ever seen. Like I imagine there's people just punching themselves in the face after seeing this fucking shit. Um, <laughs> absolutely the worst performance by Leto I've ever seen in a movie. Like he just looked blank faced and confused for more than half of this fucking thing. Uh, yeah, this was terrible. This was worse than I ever could have imagined. I like, I saw the, I saw the Rotten Tomatoes. I'm like, oof, this is going to be bad. And then I was just astounded at how terrible it was. I, I couldn't believe it. I was like, eh, it can't be that bad. And I was like, whoa, jeez, this, wow. Yeah, I was hoping to come out of it and be like, oh man, the critics are wrong. It's fun. It's a romp. And it's, it's, 
It's sadly, it's not. Yeah, and uh, I agree with Joe that Jared Harris was just criminally underused and brought nothing to this movie at all. This is the worst Jared Leto performance I've ever seen. And the guy can act. You don't have to like him, but my Dallas Buyers Club, he's phenomenal. And I agree. He can act. And this is, I don't, this, this, the, the script is terrible. The directing is terrible. It's just, I feel, I feel bad for everyone involved in this movie. <laughs> oh, Neil, Neil. I feel that, um, I feel that, um, Jared Leto though, I, I, I thought he was going to be more of a problem than he actually was. I feel that he wasn't as bad as I anticipated him being. Yeah. He was worse than I thought he would be. Yeah, me yeah. too. Um, Neil, what did you think? Okay. So I fucking hated this movie. <laughs> I gave it the lowest of tosses. Uh, I, I went into it hating Jared Leto already because he's a piece of shit human being. But I was hoping that we would at least get like a Venom esque, like, fun romp that was dumb as shit. Like, Venom is not a good movie, but it's super fun. And it, a lot of that has to do with Tom Hardy's portrayal with the character. It's not a good movie, but it's still fun. This movie is neither good nor fun. It committed the, the most cardinal sin of any film that can be done, which is being boring as shit. And this movie was boring as shit. It had poor pacing. The characters were not realistic at all. There was no way to connect to anybody who was even involved in this movie. Um... The CGI action scenes were messy as fuck and were not able to be followed and just were bad. Oh, God. The, the scene where they were falling at the end? So annoying. I didn't know what was going on. And, like, the mid-credits scenes were terrible. Uh, my, I had two things that I liked about this movie. One was that they named the ship the Murnau which is a reference to Nosferatu's director, uh, F.W. Murnau. That was that was a cool little Easter egg. I liked that. The other cool thing about this movie was the credits geometric uh, things that they were doing. Yeah, yeah, I like That's that too. That's the only two good things about this movie. This movie is fucking awful and should never be viewed by anybody else who's ever watched the movie. It's awful. <laughs> They should pull so this movie. Bad. They should pull it from the theaters and delay it again. Yeah, they should. <laughs> like this should be viewed in context with the new Crow. Like this is so bad. It, it again, Venom was a bad movie, but it was a fun movie. This is a bad movie that's not fun. It, it is <clears throat> so awful. Like I can get behind a bad movie that's fun. Like as long as. Everybody seems like they're having a good time. I'll, I'll watch it, but this movie—it's yeah, not fun at all. I will—I am angry at you, Brian, for making me watch. This. <laughs> I'm happy that I fucking made you watch this, and it elicits this reaction from you. I—I I, I kind of hate you right now because I had to watch this movie. It is awful. I kind of want to. Should not be watched. I, I kind of. I want 
honestly, I think what I'm going to set a precedent right now that every year on this day, we're going to return and talk about <laughs> this movie <laughs> and I'm going to make you watch it again every year. And we'll, we'll do like, it'll be Morbius volume two next year so at this time. As good as I was feeling before we started recording, as you know, that's inversely how bad I feel about this movie. Yeah, okay. Um, so, I can't, <laughs> I can't even see myself going to a fan screening to walk, to mock this film. Like, I don't even want to see it again. Like, The Room. You know, I could see The Room multiple times. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. And make fun of it. I can't see this movie again. No. I've seen it twice. I, I've seen it twice, guys. So I saw it twice, too. The, the second time was so brutal. Yeah. I thought about going a second time, and I could not do it. Yeah, I, yeah, I just refused. <laughs> it was it was that bad. Like I love, I, did, I didn't see Venom two, but transposing that from the first Venom, which was not a good movie, it was still fun. This movie was not fun at all. There's no fun to be had in it, and the jokes are so bad. <laughs> they, they take you out of what you're watching. Like it, it's like, hey, laugh at us! Woo! It's so bad. Oh my god, I fucking hated this movie so much. All right, yeah, um, <laughs> go, hold on. We're good. Let's uh, let's let's open it up. Let's do a. Uh, it's time for a pop culture leftovers movie review. We're going to be uh, breaking down. Not every scene of this movie, don't worry. But we, <laughs> we will be opening up. Uh, Tristan, what were you going to say? All right, somebody's um, shifting around there. All right. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, um, you know, as far as this film is concerned, um, I got to look at context. Like I, I said, I don't think it's the worst superhero movie ever made, but it's like name one worse. Look at yeah, what is name one what worse? Is the worst superhero <laughs> ever made. If it's not this one, I mean this this feels like it slots right in between like the early Daredevil and Elektra of the early two thousands. It looks like it fits right into that shit. I could Dude, watch. I can. I compared to this. Okay, guys, I, which one? Daredevil's a Tupperware compared to this. Yeah. So? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you watch the if you watch the director's cut of Daredevil, it's a Tupperware compared to Morbius. Oh, I haven't seen the director's cut. Director's cut is actually pretty decent. It's better. It is better. I watched it not that long ago, and I still thought it sucked. It's not great, but it's better than this. It is better than this. But, but when, when Tristan when Tristan one, says but... it's not the worst comic book movie ever made, I'm a little offended because I think it might be. <laughs> <laughs> Electro was definitely worse. Uh, I think the 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 first Suicide Suicide Squad movie might have been worse than this. I don't think so. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think so. Either. I don't think so. They're aggressively bad, whereas this first is Daredevil, like I mean, aggressively uh, mediocre. Ghost Rider, Ghost Rider, possibly like around that. I would watch Ghost, Ghost Rider over this. Yeah. Ghost Rider was a hell of a lot of fun. Opening night, opening for me. Oh my god, we're getting so much comic book movie ever made. I love the passion of like, what's worse than this fucking movie? Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'd rather watch the entire DCEU over again than watch this movie (laughs) once. But that's what I'm talking about, the context, because Sony has resources, right? Like, they could call Kevin Feige anytime they fucking want. They they know how to make good movies. They made Spider-Verse. They made 
some very decent Spider-Man movies. They made the first Venom, which I thought was pretty good. And it's like they, they have the resources. There's no fucking excuse for this to be the result. Yeah, it, it, it is bad. It's, it's, it, 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 it's bad. There's, there's no way around it. This is just not good. And, oh God. Okay. Um, the, the movie did set up though that it, it does 100% take place in the Venom verse. We did get, uh, um, uh, Agent Rodriguez at the beginning of the movie talks about, you know, what's happening here with like the, the blood, um, Blood being sucked out of the people on the boat. Um, that thing in San Francisco? He did. He did mention the thing in San Francisco. So it takes place in the Venomverse, so that's confirmed in this movie. Um, a lot of things... Hey. Neil, come on. we got to do a review on this. And if the whole review is just going to be you, just I get it. We, uh. we, all, we all watched it, Neil. We get it. But we have to talk about it. Um... Uh, what I thought was interesting is we like a lot of stuff from the trailer, not a lot. I guess uh, some of the stuff from the trailer was just, it felt like it was like either taken out of the movie. Um, it was some rogue one level shit when it it came to the trailer and what we saw. Well, they changed directors. The scene of him, there's the scene of him like, seeing the vulture getting out of jail and going into the car while he's going into the jail. Like that never happened. Um, no, I'm tra- and like, <laughs> I feel like the trailer, I feel like the trailer had, it felt like it was having a lot, like a lot more fun of showing him, like getting his powers and testing them out. And then when you see it in the movie, it is, it is just so it, – it happens so quickly and it's so uneventful. He like jumps up and starts swinging around the lab a little bit. Did he ever throw the ball and catch it like in the trailer? I don't even remember that. Yeah. He did? Like, okay. It, it felt like the trailer versus the movie was kind of reminiscent of the Suicide Squad trailer, the first one, uh, w- compared to that movie. Yeah. Like it, it, it was so misleading. It, even the trailers though – did not get me excited for this movie. And now that we have the finished product, I guess I was right to not be excited by the trailers. Because <laughs> this movie is so bad. It's so bad. Okay, See, guys, would, guys, I we've established, we have established that the movie is bad. <laughs> All right? Sorry, I just can't get over this fact that it is so bad. I know, I know. I, I just, Neil, at the end of the day, I don't need a iTunes review saying, oh, they had the one guy and all he did was kept saying that the movie was bad. And it's like, I don't want, I don't want to, I don't want to fucking read that, Neil. But the problem is that like bad movies can be fun. This movie was bad and not fun. <laughs> oh my god all right we, we got it neil you've said that 17 times <gasps> i can't help it man it, it's just how i feel i know i know i real right now i want you to hug your mute button um yep. <laughs> bottle your emotions and pretend you're jared leto playing morbius let me get some more head <laughs> So I went into this one expecting to come out the way that Neil is, <laughs> you know, like absolutely hating it. Like I had no hope at all. I mean, like it was it was like a, a countdown to Dead Man Walking to me going out the door and like sitting in the theater and just oh here we go. And I didn't end up hating it near as much as is other things that I've had to watch 
you know, to review things. And, but it absolutely does not work at all is the superhero movie. And like, it's almost insulting that like Sony gets away with saying, this is the newest Marvel movie. And it's like, ugh, technically I don't, right. I honestly but, don't think we can uh, do a review of this movie because it all just comes down to like levels of like how much you hated it. Like, I don't think we can even get into the nitty gritty of this because the conversation just steers into it was the worst thing I've ever seen or it wasn't as bad as what you thought it was as bad as. Um, I think we're just trying to find that like level of like bad right now. It's like, I just, I, I'm wanting to, I'm wanting to open this up for like, like a breakdown and talk about it. And if we can't, I, I don't think yeah. th- th- there's like this hurdle I don't think that we can get over and start talking about like a scene in this movie because I got Neil howling over there about how bad it was. What did you think of the special effects? Like, did you like the vampire transition? It took, it, well, the special, the vampire transformation and all that stuff, I was fine with. I was not fine with the early 2000s slow mo from like the Matrix. Yeah, that that stuff was, didn't work. Like, the scene, there's a scene where he's like, I, I, and I'm trying to understand this. There's a scene where he breaks out of jail. I think it's the scene he breaks out of jail, right? And, um, no, it's when he's brought into jail and it's when Tyrese's character, Agent Stroud, brings him in and he's on top of the building and he's like, swaying back off the top of the building and then Tyrese just looks at him and holds a gun to him and says, enough. <laughs> enough. And I'm just like, dude, you're a fucking vampire. Like, couldn't you do... Is it because Bullet you... Dogs. Is it because... Is your powers not... Are they not working right now because you need to feed? Is that what's happening I, here? Is that why they're able to bring you in at this point? Because before that, we've seen this guy. I'm not expecting him to go all out and kill Agent Stroud, but I was kind of expecting him to kind of like not get trapped on top of a building and have this guy say enough and just take him in so easily. I thought that was kind of surprising too. And and I I marked it up to him. You know, he was – it'd been a while since he fed and he had said earlier when he was kind of establishing his powers that, you know, he has extraordinary powers right after he's fed and then it, 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 you know, falls off. I I do have a question though. So why is this movie so bad? (laughs) No, 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 it's, 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 uh, what's her name? Uh, Martine Brancroft. Yes. The fridged person. Um, she opens her eyes at the end and has like vampiric eyes. Yeah. So is he able to like turn people into vampires by biting them? Uh, yes. I think like, like we saw a drop of his blood go into her mouth too. Yeah. Didn't she like yeah, bite well, his lip or something she bit like that? His lip and he fed on her, but like he's not like a traditional vampire in the comics. So I'm just wondering if. Like they're turning him into a traditional vampire, where if you yes, beat on it, the person, yes, it doesn't make sense. It, that's what happened. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, I, yeah. just, I was just hoping I wasn't alone in this whole, you know, actually thinking about this movie. No, I don't want to think about. Um, I was yeah. expecting more out of that scene there too. That it showed her eyes open up, and then there was or nothing least, more like, to that. The yeah. post-credit scene would address it at some point. 
Yeah, it didn't. So does that mean she's going to be some sort of character in a sequel, maybe? Or so is she going to be the next villain? Because I don't like the whole. Oh, I am this powerful person. You also have to be the same powerful person that I have to fight against. Like Matt Smith's character was awful. Um, and 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 the fact that like he got the same venom treatment thing but was immediately able to do the same things that this guy had been working on for I guess months maybe like I, I don't uh. well one of the things I, I, I did kind of like about the movie was the conceit of him only being able to drink the bagged blood yeah. for so long and the threat of if he continued to do that, him having to go against his will and actually kill someone to be able to sustain. I I thought on paper that was a really cool conceit. That's a cool idea. I liked the cutting to like the Casio watch and actually seeing the threat of time ticking down. Uh, it's just a little bit unfortunate that they didn't kind of go down that path a little bit. Well, more. the blood was so the art. The blood was the artificial blood that he developed, and yeah. so it kind of that 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 I felt like they could have dove a little bit more into that because um, of like the whole again the Louis and Lestat friendship where like Louis was feeding on rats and not feeding yeah. on people and Lestat was actually feeding on humans and I think like if you are going to go interview with the vampire just go full interview with the vampire here do it and, fucking do it and you know that's the thing I don't think that they really did enough with Milo at the beginning of this to show like why this character is so tortured and wants to fucking um, attack people that are like you know considered you know, healthy, healthy people that... Or why we should care about it. Yeah, I mean, it just, it, it was so rushed. They gave us the one scene of, like, the boys beating him in the street, and that's really, that's really it. Um, I mean, other I than kind of other thinking. than that, life has not handed, dealt him a bad hand. He's very wealthy. He's the one who basically financed all of um, uh, Dr. Morbius's research and everything. He's got money unlimited resources uh i just didn't understand like what his like whole hatred was for humanity like it's 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 just big leaps in like logic yeah it just seemed like jealousy was really the the only thing the movie was putting on the table yeah and like it does not make sense for this character to do what he did and if you do make it make sense then he wouldn't have done what he did well they need to they, uh, in, instead of okay they needed to spend a little bit more time on like why he is doing the things that he's doing because yeah. then well the thing is what they did though is they took what they could have used as time establishing that and then they also had to throw in like these elements of like him and dr morbius talking on the street and he, he's talking about you know oh are you still working with bancroft and he's like yes yeah, she's really great at her job blah 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 and then milo's like you know don't go falling in love with her and he's like well what do you know about love and oh i don't know but i've watched a lot of ro- romance comedies and blah 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 and then it's like we get this other weird scene of him just showing up to a bar and flirting with a woman and then a jealous boyfriend being overprotective 
And yeah. that scene, it's like, why are you mixing that kind of stuff in now? Why couldn't this, sense. why couldn't this have been something that you established a little bit earlier in the movie as far as like when he's a young boy and like maybe he had, he, he, liked a certain girl and he had like a Flash Thompson type of bully that was like taking away his version of Mary Jane or whatever it was. But now we're seeing like all these things like later on down the road and I just don't see the motivation for that scene. I don't see the motivation for the character just fucking wanting to like be at the top of the food chain and kill all of humanity when you've really given us just like what you've given us is not really there's not a lot of meat on it, and it's not good. There's nothing there, like, and that's the thing is like, like they give us these these so-called character moments constantly throughout this movie, but none of them actually have any repercussions for what actually happens with the characters, and, and like they're they're like doing this weird, hey, we're establishing characters, emote with us thing, and. Yet they're not actually giving us a reason to care about anybody in this movie. The whole scene where the the, the we the, have nothing to care about. The scene where the nurse is killed and Morbius thinks it might have been him that did it, and because he's doesn't he's I don't think he's aware at this moment that Milo has taken like this the very clearly Milo arm. Yeah, but the thing is, it's like we don't learn that he worked with this this nurse Christine at one time and that they were really good friends and they were questioning him. Like, why did, you know, why did you kill her? He's like, I don't know. And it's like, it's like, we're learning about this Christine character, like after the fact that she's dead and it's just like, throw point. It's like throwaway lines. It's just, yeah. Mm. It's Even a, him being named Milo, I thought was really weird and not earned. Like, it's like, it just, the yeah. flashbacks we saw really didn't give it the oomph that it needed for me to believe this character would just take on a persona and a name that wasn't even his freaking birth name just because this guy called it called him that one time. I thought that was like just a really weak storytelling it's device stupid. there. It was it was kind of I think that they set it up at the beginning when they were kids. He's he had like <laughs> the original the original kid was named. He, he, there was a kid there named Milo, and then that kid yeah. died, and so he just, he just, Morbi, like Michael Morbius doesn't want to have like, uh, doesn't want to get attached, doesn't want to have relationships to people because people just die, and he could die at any moment too, so he's very detached from people, and so he just calls the next person the next Milo, and so like, then that kid died, and now this other kid comes in, Lucian, and he just calls him Milo, and, You'd think at one point or another, like, now that he's, ha- now that he has a real friend, he would just call his friend Lucian. Like, now you're Lucian to me. <laughs> like, yeah, and if, if you're gonna make that character go villain, like, I, it would have been interesting to have him kind of throw that in Morbius's face. Like, you know, my name's not Milo. My name's Lucian. Yeah. Yeah, you've never respected me. Like, it, the buildup was there. Like, I, I understood the why, but it just felt like a lot of exposition and storytelling. And the payoff was there. Like they could have done cool stuff with that. They yeah. could have done a he lot. He should have spent a lot more with the story, and they did not. He should have spent a lot more time originally in you know the treatment center with Milo, and then there should have been a time where 
he was he did leave to go to that school in New York much later, much later, because it felt like 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 we they did give us like this little montage of them hanging out and whatever. But then it's like next thing you know, he's going to New York. That should have been years later. And that should have been like the catalyst for like this friendship kind of like maybe and falling like, out. I don't know. That's like the most frustrating thing about this movie is that the, there is a good story that's in the movie. Yeah. But that movie does not follow that story and it does not do the things that the story needs to be done. Like it's, it's there. It's so there, but then it's like, ah, fuck you. We're going to do a montage. I would be very shocked if the original script is what we saw, because it seems like there was a lot yeah, there was a lot of studio interference, I could tell. And I don't know if you guys noticed the ADR bullshit oh, so that was bad. going on, too. Like, so bad. all the added dialogue that wasn't originally recorded, Off you can easily tell was... bullshit? Yeah. Yeah. It's so bad. Oh, God damn. Like, this movie could have been fun. There should have been more scenes of him, like, as a kid saying stuff that would make sense to his character. I'm talking about Milo here. It's when he gets <laughs> older, like... Like what, like a scene of him as a kid just basically saying something like, you know, like when they're having that conversation about like, what would you do if you were healthy for 24 hours? And Milo saying something like, I would go out there and beat the shit out of like, you know, that like I would beat the shit out of the bullies and stuff, the people that make fun of me. And then the Michael saying something like, no, you know, we can't do that. And, you know, like, like you know, let's go out. I would, you know, let's go. I would play sports. I would run. I've never been able to run. I would do this. I would do that. And like him always kind of like pushing Michael and trying to lead Michael down a darker path. And like none of that ever even happened. So like when you get to the point later on in the movie, when they're about ready to, you know, when they first meet each other, like um, they're fighting each other. And I think they're like in a train station. Like he's trying to get Michael to join him. And he's saying stuff like, Come on, let's go. Let's have some fun, you know. And and like none of that is earned. It's none, none of it. Yeah, we like. I think a lot of this could be could have been established really early in the movie, just by showing some of these characteristics that he has later on. Milo has later down on the road. Have him have him have some of those characteristics as a child, where you kind of see like. He's still a kid. He's still got innocence, but they're still kind of like, like when you look at Anakin and the fucking, you know, they're, they're like, you know, I sense anger in him, you know, like we should have sensed a little bit of anger in Milo. We never got that. And also part of that is that Jared Leto's performance is just bad. Like there's nothing in this movie that makes me think he's an Oscar worthy performer, which I know he is because he's won Oscars and like, it doesn't translate. Like I hate Jared Leto. I fucking hate him. I think he's a piece of shit human being, but he's done some incredible acting jobs. Like Requiem for a dream is one of the best movies that I will never watch again that I've ever seen. Um, you know, he won an Oscar for Dallas Buyers Club. And yet we're getting this performance from him. He won a Razzie for House of Gucci. Yeah, I, I didn't watch that either. And I can't imagine why. Uh, no, he, he's just a bad person. But he can he can do good stuff. 
like on screen. And like that's I have to say, he fine. looked really good as the character. Like no, he totally. looked like the comic book version. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Grow your hair out. Yeah, that's a, that's an acting <laughs> performance. Great, awesome. Uh, but no, like he he's known for being a weirdo on set. You know, sending used condoms to his fucking Suicide Squad castmates. So why isn't he doing the same kind of weird shit this time? Is it just because he's no longer a sexual predator? I think it's wasn't it method acting thing because he was Joker, and so he was doing Ah, fucked up crazy shit like that? That's what he says, yes. You don't know, Neil. Maybe it'll come out that he was sending, like, little bags of blood to all his co-stars. <laughs> hey, you know what? If it got him the part, fine. Whatever. But the part was bad, and he did a bad job at doing the part. So, fuck him. Okay. Jared Leto, bad. Morbius. <laughs> Morbius, bad. Um <laughs> Another part that I didn't understand was, uh, and let me try to explain maybe what I thought was going on here and why this was able to happen. Um, but there's a scene at the end in the third act, the fight between Milo and Michael Morbius, where Michael Morbius is able to call upon the bats to basically pin down Milo so that way he can inject the iron fluid into his body and and kill him. (laughs) Why was Morbius, Michael Morbius, able to call upon the bats? Hold on. But not Milo. Yes. Hold on. Let me get, let me, let me get it off. Is the reason because that the, and was it just bats in the city or was it the bats that he brought all the bats that he brought back from Costa Rica. Cause it looked like a lot more bats than the bats that he brought back from Costa Rica. And I was thinking I like was all the bats in the city. Yeah. Because I was thinking like the bats in Costa Rica, that might work because of like the whole device that he brought up. Um, that fucking medical harp or whatever the fuck that thing was that he brought up and <laughs> medical harp. They, That's the thing I've ever heard. they sensed his, they sensed his blood and they followed his blood. And so maybe like that was like the connection that he made with the Costa Rican bats. But like, how does he have like this connection with just all the, thousands of bats that are there in the city it did why was milo and 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 when he walked in the room with those bats they didn't attack him they would attack anybody else but milo is just as much of a vampire as he was so i don't understand Yeah, maybe maybe it was just the uh, they like sensed like the pulse that he was emitting but then again that also lends itself to why wasn't milo having the same effect like it would have been cool if it was kind of like a spider-man venom in the comic books thing where like their spider sense doesn't work off of each other but it was kind of really unexplained why morbius was immune to that and milo was so suspect to it it's weird that fucking the bats wouldn't have followed milo milo is actually more of a vampire than vampire bat than than Morbius was. Morbius was trying to just suck on fucking, you know, artificial blood. And, and, and Milo was out there actually being kind of like a bat, you know, bats fucking hunt prey. And it's, it's none of it made sense to me. 
I agree with that 100%. <laughs> you want me to weigh in or not? It was bad. Yes, as long Neil. as it's more than bad. Yeah, I know. No. <laughs> I want to I, I want to put Neil on the cover of that Michael Jackson album. Bad. I know. <laughs> Neil's out of control this episode. <laughs> no, like you, Neil, you are, you you are a little out of control this episode, bro. Oh, I am definitely out of control right now. But like no, it, it it's bad because it <laughs> It, it does not establish anything. Yes. Like, there, there's no through line where it, it – yes, they, they had a scene where uh, Morbius was all about the bats. And, like, oh, I like bats. That happened. But it did not, like, establish that he had a real connection with the bats – Whereas Matt Smith's villain would also have that same connection, even though they have different origin stories, I guess. But, like, in the comics, Morbius does have a connection with bats, and that should have been established before anything dealing with the bats in general. Um, the bats. <laughs> We're still talking about bats. Um, are bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> um, oh my god! I I think that there should have been also a scene. Uh, speaking of bad, this episode is bad. I'll say. I'll, let me just throw that out there. <laughs> this, I think. I think this is the room of PCL episodes. This now, is the room one. of PCL episodes. Yeah, and <laughs> and Neil just showed up and he's silk shirt guy Jake. I mean, it's just <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> people are going, "Who the fuck is this guy?" Um, but uh, th- I think there should have been a scene too where. Milo, who's got like those hired goons because of like, you know, we find out that Milo's got hired goons when you, sh- when, the when random hired goons. No, yeah. hold on. Can- Neil, Neil, <laughs> please. Jesus Christ. Sorry. Sorry. No, they're not random hired. He was, he was cheating in a game of uh, cards. And so he was worried about like Russian KGB showing up um, because he was cheating at cards and so he hired a bunch of goons to protect his place. I think it would have been, uh, there, there should have been a scene where we actually got to see him inject himself with the, the serum to turn himself into a vampire because like, it's like one moment we see him taking the vials, but like, so he performed it on himself. I think it, the goons should have showed up with him at Bancroft's place and made Bancroft perform that on him. You know what I mean? I just think it's very convenient that we don't see him injecting it in himself. Like you think that he would have to have somebody there supervising the, this whole thing. I mean, they went on to international waters. They were, you know, like, like the, the whole point of that is because it's like this very experimental thing. And like, he's doing it unsupervised in like his apartment or something. I mean, one of those injections was in his freaking spine. It's like I can't even. Itch yeah, like you think that it, <laughs> think there would be actual logical repercussions to things in this movie, and there are not. So I think there should have been a scene where like the goons and Milo show up, 
and make Bancroft perform that on him, you know? So and yeah, they they wasted a lot of leverage on trying to surprise us by the fact that Milo was a vampire. Mm-hmm. Like, and and the juice really wasn't worth the squeeze there. Like, you could kind of see the intention. Hold on, you could kind of see the intentions of the filmmakers where they wanted us to go, like, oh my god, Michael isn't the one that killed these people. You know, Milo is a vampire already. Right. But like the sacrifice that they made for that storytelling decision for it really not to pay off was. What you're describing, Brian, is is a lot of stuff that you really have to do a lot of gymnastics yeah. to figure out how it even makes sense. Big time mental gymnastics because, like, even when I'm seeing Milo, I'm still putting it together that, like, he looks a little healthier right now. I think he's a vampire. <laughs> His makeup is no longer sickly guy. It's now vampire guy. I think we're all just kind of like we're, I think we're all scared of Neil on this episode. <laughs> I can't help it, man. I aggressively. I feel like you know. Movie. I feel like I feel like I'm doing gymnastics, trying not to get you on one of your like this movie's bad rants. Like, oh my god, what's the one? What's the one thing I'm gonna say that's gonna set Neil off? You're like it, you're like a you're like a fucking bomb. You're like. A- <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like possible, man. It's possible. Like, oh god, I fucking hated this movie so much. <laughs> well, it I think like from everything we've been talking about that they'd have to do quite a bit of work on this to make it a movie that, you know, we all would have liked it, you know, yeah. filling in filling in more of the backstory to give their present day motives more sense, uh filling in some of those holes like you were saying with with, you know, how Milo even got these? I mean, it's a, a far cry from just pocketing a couple vials to then all of a sudden you're doing this thing, and then his motivation yeah. for why he's so evil off the bat. Um, well, and I mean, if yeah. you're if you're gonna yeah, if you, let's let's figure out what the motivations are for making him evil because like I do think when Matt Smith is chewing up the scenery and doing what he's doing, he's doing it well. But there's nothing, mm-hmm. nothing um, as far as like the story goes for me to believe like why is he acting like this like i think he's fucking chewing up the scenery i think he's like you know he's he's giving it his all you can tell he's clearly having fun playing the part but on the flip side can we make michael morbius likable (laughs) and i don't know like does like like he's not a likable character i never really understood too like why he shows up to why he shows up to even accept the nobel prize and then, oh yeah, and then and then doesn't, and just kind of like like why did he even show up to begin with? Like what? They, there was like a throwaway line, and I didn't catch it of why he didn't accept it. So it just didn't make sense for him to even show up in the first place. He said he so, didn't want to accept it because in his eyes it was a failed experiment. Oh okay, because he was trying to cure himself, and in the quest to try and cure himself, oh he created artificial blood that the rest of the world can use. But it does him no good. That's just what I took from that. So the first comic I ever bought was a Maximum Carnage Spider-Man comic. And in that comic, Michael Morbius was working with Spider-Man in order to develop this, or in order to take this uh, high-velocity sound wave machine from the Fantastic Four and Reed Richards. That's my first experience with Morbius. 
It's kind of my only experience with Morbius. And this movie did nothing to change that opinion. It just made it seem like Jared Leto was doing something? I don't know, man. It, it's it's so hard to even review this because it, it it's like... I think you've done a great job, Neil. Like I, 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 I don't know. I am the epitome of the great reviews of this movie. No, like it just like it's not the same character, and that's my point. Is like it's not the character that I I recognize from the comics. It's this weird Jared Leto thing doing his thing, and like it didn't. It it didn't. I don't think, I don't think it all, I honestly don't feel like it all falls on Jared Leto here. I feel like it's a bad script. It's bad direction. It's bad all across the board. Yes. And I am, I was shocked at how hard of a time this movie had pronouncing Nobel Prize. Nobel Prize. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's one of those things that they should have put in the trailer because just like, symbiote or whatever symbiote. she symbiotes <laughs> yes. it finally got changed to symbiote after they fucking released that abomination of a symbiote fucking a symbiote bullshit in that first trailer for venom no it's so that that's so embarrassing that i truly believe that they will fix that when it comes to uh streaming and on demand like i i agree if they would have shown that in the trailers it would have got laughed out of the movie yeah noble prize <laughs> what I, it's can a you? Very noble prize. Do you not have the rights to say Nobel? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know what was going on there. Really? And when really? I'm ripping on you for pronunciation problems, then it's it's truly an issue. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. Yeah, I, I think in its heart, Sony just sadly really doesn't know what to do with the characters that it owns. Because even if yeah. you want to fall back and say Spider Man, okay, so what they've made. What, six Spider-Man films that were all on their own, and arguably three of those were good Spider-Man movies. That means three of them were not yeah. good Spider-Man movies. Say what you want about the first Venom. You know, it's 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 not it's fun. It's it's a fun movie, but it's not Marvel's Venom. You know, by no. by any means. So it's like Sony just has these characters. They paid a lot of money from. They want to make money off these things. That proven formula to make money. And have successful movies is teaming up with, with, with Marvel Studios. And when they don't, when they set off on their own, fuck man, more times than not, you're gonna get something that, it's, it's, I think it's, I think it's, it's, yeah, I I think it's all, at best, it's, it's gonna be a functional movie, but they never really feel like an actual Marvel movie. I think it's the regime at Sony of Avi Arad and like his fucking people that are. Avi Arad is like the worst goddamn producer that we've ever seen, right? Yeah, it's, it's him that's keeping all this going. This, this whole SSU, Sony's Spider-Man universe is all Avi Arad thing ever and trying to cash in on you know the success of the tom holland stuff and none of like none of like this stuff is earned in this movie as far as like especially the mid and post credit scene which we're gonna talk about here oh those were a farce yeah i was watching this movie and wondering um does the general audience know the difference by now do you think that they know when in association with marvel is something completely separate from the MCU? Like, do you think they can understand no, that No, I don't. I think they just see Marvel. 
Yes. I was yeah. in a theater with a bunch of normies, and the reaction was not good. Um, most of them were saying, like, like during the movie, like, this isn't Marvel. This isn't good. Like, there were actual audible, audible reactions to this terrible thing we got to, we had to experience. Yeah. If I was Marvel Studios, I would want some kind of fucking disclaimer, like, before these yeah. movies, like, like this, this is not us. <laughs> We're not doing this. We are not inflicting this pain on you. We promise. <laughs> I mean, this movie was definitely a teaching tool. I, I agree that, like, the normies probably don't realize the difference between the two studios. But, like, I, maybe that's one of the positives of this movie is it kind of teaches the normies a difference between a, a MCU movie and a Sony movie. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's that's like the silverest of linings I've ever heard. <laughs> Let's um, yeah, it definitely. It, I definitely thought a lot about Craven watching this movie. Like, I, not that yeah. I was excited for that, but it, I mean, oof! Like, that's even a harder character to conceptualize uh, than Morbius. I think. I think. I think Morbius is kind of like in the right hands. Not the most daunting job to make cool on screen, but I. I don't. I don't know, man. I, I, I think that Craven's an easier sell because he's so much more directly involved with Spider-Man. That, do you have any confidence that? Do you guys have any confidence that in any of these future movies, Craven, Black Cat, uh, uh, Mrs. Burr, what is it, Madam Web? Do you think any of that? <laughs> I thought you were going to say. Sort of, I thought you were going to say Mrs. Butterworth. <laughs> Mrs. Butterworth. <laughs> I mean, but no. with any of these upcoming properties are talking about, do you have any confidence that we're going to get any sort of coherent plot or, or no. storytelling with it? This Nothing is basically the fucking Fox Mar- X-Men. I don't think this episode's yeah. coherent, guys. We've got to talk one at a time. All right. Go ahead, uh, yeah. Tristan. I was going to say that they're basically taking a, a, a page out of the Fox X-Men universe where it almost seems like they just don't really give a shit about continuity or anything. It's like they're just trying to make an output. It's a it's a cash grab. Yeah. It's it's a cash grab and I don't think that the Avi Arad is hiring uh people with their own vision. He's hiring people that will fall under the blanket of his vision of we've got to just make this to the whole reason to make this movie is to get to this this point where we're going to get a sinister 6. And yeah. And he doesn't want to have anyone come in there with another vision other than the end point being a Sinister Six kind of cash grab film. And, and when you're, when you're doing that, you're doing exactly what DC did with the Justice League. They give us two, three movies, one movie that has nothing to even do with the Justice League, with that Suicide Squad movie. And uh, we're jumping straight into Justice League. Now, Marvel, they did it the smart way. It was the slow burn. They didn't know that they were going to make an Avengers movie. They were just trying to make a good Iron Man movie. And they did! And, and here's the thing. But that's what... Th- this is what is so wrong about what they've done here is the fact that they have just said... They didn't say to themselves, let's make a good Morbius movie. They're just... they're They're thinking like... Fucking five steps ahead of where they, where they should be thinking. Make a how good. How can we establish this character in the universe? And just how can we just get this character Let's out there it. so we can make a Sinister Six and make some money? 
This is exactly what Universal was doing with the fucking Mummy franchise when they yeah. tried to get that that monster um, universe going where it's like they're just they're too busy worried about the the shared universe more so than actually and, making a good film. And people are cognizant of the fact that they're doing this shit. Like that that's the problem that they're running into is that people are actually aware of what they're trying to do. And those things that they're trying to do are shady and underhanded and blatant cash grabs and people are just not into it anymore. Well, even to the point where it's at the detriment of the of the sequel uh of the Suicide Squad, James Gunn's <laughs> version, to where the first Which one was bur- good, good movie. It's a great movie. The the first one burned people so badly that that audiences were not wanting to take a risk and go see it in the theater. Nope. Uh, Which be- I think Peacemaker helped because it was so good. Like I, I got my friend uh, into Peacemaker because it was such a good show. And, like, that's the thing, is that, like, when people understand that there are characters that they can relate to, they actually watch the shit. And when there are people, when there are characters that people can't relate to, they don't watch it. Uh, it's a pretty clear correlation to me. I just, I, I really think that... Avi Arad is just destroying whatever fucking trust Marvel Feige is building on the yeah. MCU side with the Sony collaboration. He's burning, he's burning the trust of, of, of people that are going to see these movies. Um, it's just make a good, I mean, make a good Morbius movie. Get somebody in yeah. there that has a vision, that fucking understands the character, that really cares, that doesn't care about like what the end game is for like, you know, this Sinister Six or whatever they're setting up. They just want to make a good Morbius movie. That's what John Favreau did. He made a great Iron Man movie. And yeah. once they realized they had a great Iron Man movie, now they can now they can afford to bring in that fucking Nick Fury scene and they can tease the Avengers. And then like it built from there. Um But I mean, then like why are you hiring Jared Leto? I mean like uh, just don't do that. It's easy. I think that they saw an Oscar, Oscar winner, and I think that they're, no, I think that's, I think they saw an Oscar winner, I think they, 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 they saw that this guy's, uh, this guy's a big name in Hollywood, and they thought that they would be able to get a great performance out of him. I don't think he, he was given anything, anything of any substance to even give us a good performance. The movie felt so no. choppy, and it was terrible, and, go ahead, Jake, I know you had something to say. Oh, I was going to, I basically, I, I agree with you. I, I don't blame the studio for thinking they had a good thing in Leto. I mean, on, on paper, it is good. I mean, personal bias aside, like what you think of him as a human being, like I, I, I do think the perception is is he's an A-list actor and they were getting an A-list actor to play Morbius. I, I think you kind of, I agree that all the blame is definitely not on him. Like he could be good in a well-written Morbius movie. Uh, the potential is there. He fell into the same trap twice. I mean, he was the Joker in Suicide Squad, and that was terrible. And he fell into the same trap here. They didn't give him any respect as far as, like, the script, character development, anything. It was just a fucking train wreck from beginning to end, this movie. Yeah, and props to him. He's not an interesting character. 
That's the problem. Well, that's the thing. You can make him an interesting character. You don't have you to. You could like, easily. Like, okay, we talked about it. we talked about Moon Knight, a character of Arthur Harrow that shows up in one comic book, and they completely rewrote the character. Yeah, you can do that in these you movies. Can. Robert Downey Jr. made Iron Man, Iron Man. The Iron yeah, Man that we know did. and love now, because like that character was a B-list character in the comics, and Robert Downey Jr. redefined that character for audiences. I don't care what your expectations are for a character in, uh, in uh, going into a uh, into a movie from the comics, because my Wolverine growing up was not fucking six foot, you know, three six foot four. <laughs> and 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 fucking vascular and ripped as shit. My Wolverine growing up was five foot four, five foot three, five foot four, and they totally reinvented the character. Hugh Jackman brought something new to the character, but and also he embodied it, and he embodied it. And that's the thing; it's like none, nothing worked here. Nothing worked here, top it's to not, bottom. Nothing worked yeah, in this movie. You, you don't blame Hugh Jackman for Wolverine Origins. No, it's, it's, that's kind of the same we thing. We blame the directors. Yeah, and in this case. We also blame the producers because they were the ones who greenlit this fucking travesty and did a terrible job of selling it and also editing this thing. Like there, there is a good movie here. There, there is a good movie in this. In this, I'm just bullshit. yeah. I'm, I'm just not noticing. Props. Oh, sorry, Tristan. Um, no problem. I was just saying that I'm just noticing that Amy Pascal wasn't producing this film, too. And she deserves a lot of credit for some of the success that that Sony has been having. She oh, I agree. credit for relinquishing command. Yes. Yeah. Well, she deserves credit for having a relationship with Kevin Feige and being right. able to. Yeah. yeah. I mean, after the yeah. A, after the sandwich throwing, throwing. Yes. Yeah. I mean, well, see, that's the thing. Avi Arad is not that He's still he wanting. He's just setting his ways, guys. Let's jump into. Um, I can't. I can't wait for this. The post credits. Yeah, let's talk about. <laughs> let's, let's talk about the post credits scenes. Wow. So the first one we find uh, that we see the rift in the sky, the same rift in the sky that we saw in uh, Spider-Man: No Way Home, the purple rift. Uh, Adrian Toomes randomly appears in prison. He says, hope the food is better in this joint. And um, then we get like a voiceover from somebody on the news saying like this man just randomly appeared in the prison and, and they're, you know, uh, he's named himself. His name is Adrian Toomes and uh, he'll, you know, he'll probably be released, you know. And so then uh, we get a scene of. A car driving to an undisclosed, undisclosed location. Uh, it's, it's Michael Morbius gets out of car. Um, we see something coming towards him and it's Adrian Toomes in full vulture costume. And he says, thanks for meeting me, doc. Been reading about you. Not sure how I even got here. It has something to do with Spider-Man, I think. I'm still figuring this place out. I think guys like us should team up and do some good. And then <laughs> Morbius looks at him and says, intriguing. And here's the thing that I want to point out real quick, that the rift in the sky um, from Spider-Man No Way Home, 
brought people into the MCU. It should not pull people from <laughs> the MCU <Yeah>. <laughs> into the Venom universe. Like that spell that was cast was the people that knew Peter Parker was Spider-Man from any universe would come to the MCU. So there's zero reason for this to happen. This should not happen. This is not part of the spell. This, there is no reason in the world that Vulture, Adrian Toome should be showing up in the Venom verse. It was all the people from every universe that knew Peter Parker was Spider-Man showing up in the MCU. This should not happen. The other thing I want to point out here is that when he arrives in the Venom verse, he just comes in like his prison scrubs and now he's showing up with full vulture suit on, <laughs> which was made from Chitari tech in the MCU universe, which does not exist in this reality. Yeah. And I made by a different guy. Too. It was the, the tech guy on his crew that made it. So it isn't like he knew how to make his yeah, own it shit. Was, it was Tinker. Yeah. I, I can do the mental gymnastics as far as how he got there. Like, like okay, so everybody who knew who Spider-Man was was expelled from that universe, which means Adrian Toomes is expelled from the universe. Okay, I can get there. No, how I, that makes no sense. I, yeah, I, I, what you said made no bad. sense. It's bad. No, no, Neil, Neil. Get there. But there's there, there's no way to get there. The the oh. spell was everyone from every other universe that knew Peter Parker. I know. I'm trying to like fixate it in my mind to make it make sense. <laughs> yeah, but what, you, what but what's coming out of your mouth makes no sense is what I'm saying. No, it does not. And that's my point is like I can make the mental gymnastics get to that point, but it does not actually make sense at all. Um and then also like he created a new suit and then like wore it around. Okay. But like, why are we even dealing with this? This is not like a good part of the story. And then we have Michael Morbius showing up. It's like, okay, fine. But why? Like, why the why is the only part I can't answer to The why is to do the sinister six movie. But yeah, that's, again, the, that's the easiest it's, answer. It's not a yeah. good answer. Like, like, the, like that's the problem. Is like, there's no makes... reason why this makes any sense whatsoever. I'm try. I am really trying. I'm. It makes really, no damn sense. And really the fact to make this make sense. I am. Yeah. Okay, Neil. Neil, are you trying to make it make sense? <laughs> Apparently not. Please reiterate. Go ahead, Tristan. <laughs> As Neil has pointed out, it makes absolutely no As sense. As Neil has so and eloquently <laughs> pointed out, <laughs> per Neil, yeah, um, ah. it's like, yeah, but it's like. Uh, it's it's ridiculous because you have the vulture who wasn't an inherently bad guy who had a no. vendetta against Tony Stark and now he's all of a sudden I forget how he got the fucking suit which makes no sense now he's it. just wanting to he just wants to team up with a random vampire and cause havoc it's like dude like <laughs> think about think about it. <laughs> think about it this random a, vampire cause havoc this guy has a wife and daughter wouldn't the first fucking thing he would want to do is figure out where they are? 
rather than just put together a suit and try to fucking team up with a vampire. Like, it yes. makes no fucking sense. <laughs> <laughs> the yeah, I didn't understand it. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Jake. Uh, I, I don't know in what universe, too. Like, Doctor Strange can look through all the multiverses, and this has to be the only one where when a guy shows up in prison garb out of nowhere, you just exonerate him and let him go. Like, I <laughs> I had a hard time really buying that. Like, they would have Homeland Security all over this guy. There, There's no way this guy could have snuck away and built this tech without a million dudes busting in on him. Like they're not just letting this guy go and not paying attention to what he's doing. Like I know it may, it may be a silly thing to beat up on, but just even in that first post credit scene, I was like, uh, the way they described it with the random news story, I, I just couldn't believe how easy it was. Yeah, nobody's tailing this guy. You don't have Stroud and Rodriguez on this guy watching him make vulture costume. <laughs> yeah, I, someone's assigned to this guy. There's there's no way he shows up like this. And they're like, well, we have no record of you. You don't exist in this universe. You're free to go. This was not. How the hell? This was this scene. This scene was not. It was not supposed to be done like this. Um, This, I think, what happened, and what I'm hearing, what happened was this. This they wanted this. They wanted the Morbius movie to actually be set in the MCU, and that's why in the first trailer we got to see that Spider-Man murderer graffiti because he's in the MCU. And then we see the scene in the original trailer and then the second trailer of uh, Morbius talking to Tombs. Tombs is being released from prison. Um, and uh, or, yeah, Tombs is being put in a car uh, and Morbius is being arrested. And he says to him, you know, Dr. Michael, you and I should stay in touch. Um, got tired of doing the whole good guy thing. And um they couldn't convince Sony couldn't convince Disney to allow this to be in the MCU. And so they, they reshot everything. But well, hold on. Jimmy Kimmel had Michael Keaton on an episode of, of his talk show. And this was a few months ago. And he said that he was doing reshoots for Sony. And he said, Oh, what are you doing? He said, vulture stuff. And so this is what they reshot. They reshot this for him going <laughs> into that universe because I think Disney said, no, we don't want Morbius to be in the MCU. We're not, we're, yeah. we don't want this to happen. And so all the stuff that we saw in the original trailers that showed that spider, that, that there was a Spider-Man in the Morbius universe, that there was a, that stuff is gone. And this is what they gave us. They're just doing anything they can to anything they can to bring us this Sinister Six movie that nobody wants. I feel yeah, like, I feel like all these scenes, scenes were sketched are, out. Oh, I'm glad we're all talking one at a time. Um, <laughs> Joe, I feel like these post credit scenes, like when they were like, oh, we're going to have to reshoot these. They wrote them all out. Dialogue included on the back of a bar napkin and then just used those as their <laughs> final drafts. Like this had like the shittiest dialogue like I couldn't believe how bad the dialogue was, especially in that the the second one. I'm thinking it has something to do with Spider Man. It's like, oh, are you thinking that? Like, what the? F-? 
Yeah, and then, uh, the hardest I laughed in this entire movie was that Morbius has no reaction to the vulture name dropping Spider Man. Like we do a <laughs> face cut to Morbius, and it just no dialogue, zero reaction. Like, I, I, like he actually knows who Spider Man is. Like, it, yeah. it's weird as fuck. I feel like these end credit se- sequences, because they name drop Spider Man, are going to very much go the way of the end credit sequences in Amazing Spider Man Two, where they're just never <laughs> really going to matter. Like I, I just don't see how they. And oh man, like worst case scenario, this is where they put Garfield back in as Spider Man, and yeah. this is the fucking Sinister Six he has to fight, and like all that goodwill is just burned up in flame with the greed of Sony. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was worried about too—that it was going to be Garfield. I, I could see Andrew Garfield coming back for the next Morbius movie, and it focusing on him. This is all in my brain, just like okay. I can see that happening. I can see that happening. And it being okay. But uh, if they try and continue this universe with such a bad post credit scene, I don't, I don't understand how. I mean, we're already getting that this is going to happen. We're getting a Craven movie. This is not stopping anytime soon, guys. I mean, I know. It's weird. Like, I, I don't get why they're doubling down on this bullshit. Oh, God. Fucking Sony just needs to sell the rights to (laughs) Spider-Man. Jesus Christ. Oh, please, please. Give it back to the MCU. I mean, come on. That would be the best case. That's what we want. I feel that the performance of this movie, though, is going to have a lot of people in the boardroom at Sony reevaluating the future. because it's. It's very clear that they're not just going to have a billion dollar venom every time they they do this, right? And and I think they were relying on that, <laughs> like, oh, we we had some success with venom, so now we can just throw any fucking rogues gallery villain out there and and have a successful film. And this is clearly not the case. And and it's almost giving. It's not good for the genre. Like, if I was no, Disney not. and Marvel, I would be pissed that this even exists because there is brand confusion. Yeah. It's almost like it's like the shit you sue people over. Like, hey, you're making my brand look bad because I mean, people can't tell the difference. As a random consumer, I'm pissed that this exists. So, yeah, I get you. Neil, you're what? really going to have to convince me that you're pissed at this because I, I no, it's like if, if you didn't see kids wearing Morbius T-shirts before, you're not going to see anybody if wearing a Morbius I saw T-shirt. A now. Child wearing a Morbius T-shirt, I would smack that child. <laughs> that kid is going to grow up and be a serial killer. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a real Milo. <laughs> I mean, Morbius costs like $75 million to make, I believe. Yeah. Um, it looks like it's going to make around $40 million over opening weekend. It's going to have a huge drop-off. I think it's going to be a struggle for this movie to make its money back. And I, I agree with what you guys are saying, that that kind of thing is what makes Sony pay attention. Like, as bad as this movie is, if it would have opened gangbusters and just been raking in money that we would have just moved on forward and like, i just wouldn't I, have cared i honestly don't know uh even if it makes let's say it makes 150 million that's typically you know it needs to make double to like um you know come even like with marketing and stuff like that but they've been marketing this movie for years now with the pandemic and the delays so i i would have to imagine that they've spent more on marketing than they originally would have had it had there not been a pandemic 
I agree with that too. Like, and I with mean, we made jokes about the posters, but I mean, all that stuff costs money. And um, well, I mean, the trailer was out in theaters for the longest time too, and it kept getting delayed. Um, and then, uh, oh, I forgot my last thought. I'll just. I do remember on Facebook people saying they hope they they cannot wait for Morbius to come out because they were tired of seeing the trailers on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, I was in that camp. It was the movie that was like you saw the trailer before every movie you saw. Why didn't we get the scene of him fucking doing the the piano sounds? Dun 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 dun. Because they didn't go. They don't give a shit about anybody who's watching it. <laughs> Yeah. This movie feels ripe for some kind of director's cut or alternate cut, like especially if the public perception is so bad and they're going to want to sell it again on like, you know, the streaming services. I could see them doing like a, a director's cut here or an unedited. I'm not saying that it'll, it'll help the movie, but, it, you know, it'll trick people into paying Makes a second sense. time. Makes sense. Yeah. Yep. Guys, Morbius. It was, uh. Badbius. It was Snorbius. <laughs> Horrible, yes. I'm so glad I'm not the only one who hated this movie so much. Oh, you're not alone. If anybody else did, I don't think I don't think we heard them over you, Neil. I don't. I would have killed for someone to come on here and Tupperware this movie and have to deal with the wrath of Neil. I, I, that would have been an amazing, have been an amazing April, April Fool's prank. I don't know. Episode. Honestly, at the, I do it. at the end of the day, I don't know what it would take for Joe to toss a movie. I really don't know. I really don't. Because, Joe, if there was ever a movie that deserved to be tossed, it was this one, and you still give it a low taste. I cannot. I honestly didn't hate this near as much as Neil. (laughs) I don't know what's more surprising. (laughs) Go ahead. This movie made me angry at Brian for making me watch it. I know. Uh, we, we We covered that an hour ago. Yeah, I know, but I'm angry. At, I'm angry at myself now that I had you watch it, Neil. Yeah, it's like it's like the main reason that I hate it so much is because I was forced to watch it, and then uh, you were not. You were not. You go back and read the fucking text message, and you said I'll go watch Morbius. I said this yeah, week no, we're I, doing. I, mo- I, I totally agreed to it. You I were totally not forced. To- but the only thing I can think of while watching it was like, oh, God damn you, Brian. I fucking hate you for this. You could have walked out at any time and said, Brian, I'm not doing the episode. And I would have been like, I didn't want to let you down, man. Brian had him strapped in like clockwork orange style in the fucking show. <laughs> I felt like that. It did feel like that. But whatever. <laughs> so, hey man, we're doing people a service. I'm glad I got to rip on some shit though with you. We, I, we got the hey, we did some people some service. Hopefully, people aren't going to spend their hard-earned money to go out and see this in the theaters right now. And there's other oh. movies they could be watching. So, I mean, go back and yeah. watch Spider-Man: No Way Home again. It's still in theaters. So, literally anything else. <laughs> yeah, I felt it was my duty to warn everybody that I cared about not to see this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I seriously sent out a text immediately after I left the theater. I had the same experience Joe had where um, 
man, I did not want to have to go see this by myself. And like, I was like, Shell wouldn't go with me. A couple friends wouldn't go with me. And I'm like reaching out to people I haven't talked to since fucking like high school. Like, hey, I want to meet back up at this Morbius movie. <laughs> hey. like, uh, it was just a, I haven't felt that in a long time where it's just like I will pay for whoever to come see this with me. But no one will. <laughs> so Aiden straight up told me, look, I'm just not interested in seeing a movie about Morbius. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I agree with Aiden. I agree with your child. Smart kid. It was, it was so funny. And I got back and told Liam, the 11 year old, I was like, dude, you missed out. I was like, that movie was fucking amazing. Like, no way home level. And he looked at me for a second. He goes, no, it wasn't. You're lying to me. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm not good. I have the utmost respect for fucking Brian and Jake for being able to make it to a second showing of that shit. Seriously. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I did not drive anywhere to watch it a second time. <laughs> I mean, I, I, yeah, confession. I didn't drive anywhere to watch it the second time either. So. <laughs> I saw it once and I was like, I am never watching this movie ever again in my entire life. I was so happy when I saw the credits. Like, I was so fucking <laughs> sad. <laughs> yes! It's over! <laughs> Leto's really, like, being a company man here, though, I've noticed. Like, he's been very personable with the press and the junkets and everything. Like, he... Give him all the credit in the world. Like, he is doing everything he can. Not, like, he doesn't... It's not like Ben Affleck, like, playing the fucking Simon and Garfunkel song over him because he looks so fucking sad about what people are saying about this Batman movie. Like, Leto's really, like... He seems like he's pleased, like, as of now. And that's part of the problem for me. It's like, he seems like he's pleased with his work in this movie when his work is bad. Yeah, I think he's just being a good company man for Sony. Like, he wants more jobs, and he doesn't want to be seen as, like, a guy who's going to, like, sabotage a project. You yeah, know? and I don't respect that at all. <laughs> okay, okay. All right. Yeah, well, the audience score on Rotten Tomatoes has gone up to 68%. Ooh. Yeah, I, I always argue that people have – it's like how you won't toss a movie. Like, I, I think – People just have a hard time, like, going to do something, paying for something, and then just completely disregarding an experience is bad. <laughs> I think it, it's, it's, it's human nature to say you kind of enjoyed it no matter what because the alternative is just, like, feeling really depressed. and the, Yeah, uh, like admitting you got conned out of 15 bucks or whatever. Yeah, yeah exactly. Coming on here in denial. Like, I hated this shit. <laughs> yeah, so I always think audience scores on the websites are, are, are skewed by the fact that, like, cinema scores are the same thing. Like, if you look at the history of cinema score, like, yeah. things rarely get lower than a fucking B. Like, even the worst movie. Like, if something gets a C, it's it's complete dreck because people just have a hard time clicking F. Like, pretty they, sure didn't no this get was, a C? Yeah, you look at like, like uh, Hangover Two and, and how terrible that movie was. Yet it has such a high cinema score it's because yeah. people want to like things and so they rate it as they want it to be rated rather than what it actually deserves yeah i didn't know this had a c i mean c is the equivalent of f on cinema score in my opinion yeah for sure yeah i would watch venom let there be carnage a hundred times before i would want to watch this again I thought that too. At yeah. least it's ninety. It doesn't overstay its welcome. Like before you know it, it's over. Like and, and it, it kind of it's Tom Hardy having fun. Like you can see how much fun he's having playing this character. 
Like, it, it works because he is having such a good goddamn time oh, doing are, it. Are we going to go back into, like, the, the good fun and bad fun of movies, Neil? Are we going to go back into that sure. discussion? This is not – it was a bad movie, but it was fun. And this yeah. – uh, <laughs> like, For me, like, the worst sin a movie can ever – have is that it's boring it was yeah no you're right you're <laughs> right this movie was fucking boring there was nothing fun or likable about anything really yeah very and like that's the problem i have with it like like tom hardy's venom that shit is funny as shit it's fun it's a fun fucking movie this movie ugh. There's no fun. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah, I feel like Venom. Venom is very self-aware that it, it like yeah. conce- conceptually, it's a little bit silly, and it kind of it kind of owns it. I, I think this movie does not like have that self-awareness of any kind of silliness. Like this movie definitely would have played better if it owned it a little bit more. That the conceit was kind of like it's not like we haven't seen the vampire thing in a hundred plus different movies. Like I, I, let's play with those tropes. A little bit. Let's play like with the fun, like, sunlight. Let's play with the crosses. Let's play with the... But then, like, at the end, like, he, he bit this woman and she turned into a vampire. Like, what is happening there? Like, what what is going on here? At yeah, least establish this, the universe, right? This movie thinks it's good. <laughs> That's the problem. But it's not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're right, Tristan. It, it does think it's good. And then it's really not good. <laughs> All right. No. Okay, guys. I think I think we have. Uh... <laughs> I'm good on this episode as well. I'm good. Yeah, I think we have uh, run this episode into the ground. Uh, I want to thank our guests, uh, Neil. Uh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, don't thank me. Um, yeah, I, yeah. Where can people? Where can? <laughs> where can people avoid you? Yeah, where can, yes, where can avoid me on uh, Smorgasbord and also on Twitter because I, I I like Twitter a lot, but I I, I like to also be a dick online so don't don't follow me drop your twitter handle restless boom you've got one of those dumb underscores too yeah yeah jake you not jake you got a pro- not jake jake hates underscores what is going on I, here? this is not <laughs> a new thing I, I just think like come on like it if it's taken just pick a different name Oh, I can't stand him. The underscore with the underscore is your name. Well, there's a space there. I, I you know, right. yeah. there's a <laughs> space on. and restless and boom. Guys, let's let's so let's. Why let's, not utilize that space as far as the thing goes? Yeah, let's 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 pick our battles here, guys. This is- <laughs> Listen, there's a reason I haven't harped on underscores for a long time. I just I was trying to help Neil out because I was trying to get him some more followers, but he didn't mention no. the underscore, so I wanted to uh no, don't. make sure I, people knew where it went. Honestly I think I Neil just I got like I think Neil just got unfollowed. Okay. So <laughs> Yeah. 
I appreciate that. <laughs> Follow me. Unfollow me. Uh, Joe, where can people find you, man? <laughs> yeah, you can find me on my podcast, Startcast, where I'm having long-form conversations with people. New episodes every Saturday, or you can find me on Twitter at the Tubby Ninja. No underscores. No underscore. Well done. <laughs> you are the best salesman of anything I've ever heard. But that is not true. Otherwise, I'd be plugging the fact that I also have a book called I Become Death. <laughs> there you go. Woo! Oh, man. Yeah, it's you're gonna, uh, our Morbius episode. You're going to be. There's gonna be. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I'm raking. They're gonna be flying off the shelves. Shitching, <laughs> shitching. Uh, Tristan, thank you for joining us, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me, and I guarantee that we're gonna be talking about something better than Morbius next time you see me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Tristan will be joining us for Morbius two. <laughs> <laughs> It's called More Morbius. <laughs> it sells itself. Uh, <laughs> or by us. Do you guys want to know what I originally was going to start the show with? Yes. What? Oh yes. I was gonna. I was gonna say. At its Corbius, Morbius is a Storbius. You couldn't do it, could you? I couldn't, couldn't do, it. do it. I had it. I I. <laughs> I had it written. Oh, that would have been so fantastic. I had it written in my notes, and I was going to be like, at its Corbius, Morbius is a Storybius of Vampire Lorbius. <laughs> I don't think we could do it. Oh, man. All right. Oh, God. Oh, do you think Morbius Part 4 is going to be called Morbius Forbius? Yes, okay. yes. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> so hard. I hope not. Oh man, let's. I let. Oh god, I'm gonna take this episode in the back alley and shoot it. Get <laughs> <laughs> the old yeller treatment. <laughs> Seriously, I am curb stomping the fuck out of this episode. We are done, <laughs> guys. Thank you so god. much. We will see you next week. See ya. Later. Put a lid on this one. Put a lid on this shit. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Pop Culture Leftovers. Congratulations. I don't know how you did it. I couldn't do it. You people need a T-shirt saying, I just listened to two hours of nonsensical crap. Anyway, if you'd like to reach the Pop Culture Leftovers cast, you can email them at comments at popcultureleftovers.com. You can also follow them on Twitter at PC Leftovers or like their Facebook page. They'd love to hear from you. They're all pretty sad and lonely. One of them is homeless, but I didn't say that. There's already like 7 million podcasts talking about pop culture and all that. Makes us happy like shooting at a womp rat. But it's all been done before. And we don't want to be a copycat. We're the leftovers picking up the scraps. Dropped by the cool kids. It, it, it's a trap. Good it toss it, good it taste it. Do we love it? Hey, let's mix it, clean it, race it. Let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture. Carry over counterculture. Push over pop culture. Leftovers. And with the uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftovers. Pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers. Podcasts that are original and good. I've already been done before.
us we should Separate the wheat from the chaff And we're the chaff The crap And though we're the shit Woo! We're the leftovers picking up the scraps Dropped by the cool kids it, it, It's a trap Good and toss it, good and taste it Do we love it? Hey, let's race it, hate it, race it Let's embrace the Tupperware party Subculture spill over like a vulture Carry over, counterculture push over Pop culture Leftovers And we're the uncool kids What's to say has already been said Leftovers Pretty sure that the only talent Is the band that's singing this Pop culture leftovers Do we love it? Hey, let's face it, can't erase it, let's embrace the Tupperware party. Subculture spill over like a vulture, carry over, counterculture, push over, pop culture. Leftover, uncool kids, what's to say has already been said. Leftover, pretty sure that the only talent is the band that's singing this. Pop culture leftovers.